Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 483. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Well, hello. Yeah, this week on the show, we'll be taking a look at the Netflix animated film, Nimona. We'll also be going over some of watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. Uh, with that, I think we can just uh, hop, hop on in. Just hop on into some... Nimona, this is directed by Nick Bruno and Troy Quain. I have a synopsis here. When a knight in a futuristic medieval world is framed for a crime he didn't commit, the only one who can help him prove his innocence is Nimona, a mischievous teen who happens to be a shape-shifting creature he's sworn to destroy. Mm. Uh, Kevin, what were your initial impressions of Nimona? Additional impressions is I wanted to buy this, uh, the comic, and I just kind of like forgot about it. So the first off, I was like kind of bummed because I wanted to read the comic before before I watched the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't going to happen. So I was mildly interested in this, and I got to say I was quite surprised. Like this is really fucking good, mm-hmm. which I was not expecting it to be. You know, Netflix and all. <laughs> yeah i just had you know you kind of have reservations going into like a netflix movie and like the world building this the animation like everything about it i just like i fucking love this movie to be honest yeah it's this is this is a solid you know the thing about netflix is i feel like their animated stuff seems to be much better than any of their live action stuff like they I feel like because they did the Mitchells versus the machines which I absolutely loved they did the cyberpunk series which is really good they did the Castlevania series which is really good so I feel like their their animated stuff seems to be yeah oh yeah and also the that League of Legends that arcane show I never I didn't finish watching that but the animation was incredible in that show Especially for being a series and not like you know, a movie. Uh, but but yeah, I totally agree. I I I I don't know if I loved this movie. I I liked it very much. Um, I did also like the world building quite a bit. Uh, the animation was excellent. Uh, I liked the characters. Yeah, just across the board. Uh, had a good, really good time with this. Yeah, I just, I love the idea of, like, a futuristic medieval, just yeah. like that mashup just worked really well for me. Blending the kind of fantasy and sci-fi worlds together, it's like one part cyberpunk, one part, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons or something. Yeah. Yeah, I liked, I liked that quite a bit, too. Um I thought that the action scenes were well done. I I think that, you know, whenever you're dealing with a shape-shifting character, it's like the possibilities are so boundless. And I feel like they really took advantage of her abilities in this, which I, I appreciated. Because, you know, you, you, there's, there's, there's so much you can do. But like, are, are they gonna, are they gonna really fully capitalize on the fact that she can turn into like anything? And I feel like yeah. they did a good job with that. Yeah. No, I really like the the way that her character is utilized here. Like it's just, it's just there's a lot of energy to this. 
did I appreciate it? And it was, I mean, it was fun. And comparing this to like, I, now I didn't see that elemental movie, the Pixar one, but to me, like that looks so boring and generic and like just your, your bog standard CG animated movie comparing it to yeah. like, comparing these two, like this, this just, it has so much more on offer. Yeah. Well, I feel like they're just kind of like stuck in a rut yeah. where, oh yeah, like every, every trailer that I see, it's just them essentially being like, okay, well, how about this time it's elements or this time it's feelings and we'll have a character that's each of one of the things and we'll build a world out of it. And it's like, you just keep doing like the same formula over and over, but you just switch. It's like when Rob Schneider used to be fucking things, you know, what was the <laughs> joke where he was like, Oh, Rob Schneider is the stapler. Like, yeah. they, like that's what they're doing. They're just Rob Schneider movies now. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I, I think so. It's, it is, it's kind of weird how, Hard they fell off, but also like I feel like they're not really doing anything unique with their a- animation either. Like I'm bored with the standard like Pixar style CG animation. Yeah. Like I- I'm looking for something different. That's why I'm interested in that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and uh, I one of the reasons I like the Spider Verse movie so much, and you know this one too. I think has a unique more unique animation style. I liked it. I liked the I liked the look of it a lot. I really liked the uh like the artwork in the beginning. Like the <clears throat> like the historical stuff like when it was going through the like the history mm-hmm. of the world and everything. And it was just like and it starts off that way. Where I was just like, oh yeah, I am a hundred percent into this. Yeah. I liked that also and I really liked the the subway tile scene when they were going through and everything was uh the the subway tile it just every everything at the beginning like the uh like the scrolls and stuff everything had like a kind of like a uh charlie harper look to it which i thoroughly enjoyed and it was just a nice mix throughout the movie switching it up just enough to keep it visually interesting for me mhm yep um, story-wise, I thought it was decent. I, yeah, I, I liked what they were doing with the story. I felt like a lot of it was, it was a bit on the nose, but it, you know, it, it's, it's a kid's, it's a kid's movie. So I kind of give it a pass for that. Yeah. Hey, I thought it was a nice mix though, of like being kid friendly enough or tailored towards kids, but still being a good enough story that adults can enjoy it. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was just, I I was pleasantly surprised by this so much so that like towards the end of it, I was like, I could use more of this. Yeah. I'll be interested. This was a series or something. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if they like, now I'm not. So, the the source material is it just like a single graphic novel or is it a series i'm not familiar i think it's just one graphic novel okay pretty sure i'm i'm curious i'm curious if this is like successful if they'll try to continue it cuz i feel like there's ample opportunity to continue exploring this 
this world here. I feel like there's a lot that they can do with this. Yeah. And and again, I think this is so much because of the um like the world building in here. Like I would like to spend more time in that world. Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely would too. You had a good cast, voice cast in here. Chloe Grace Moretz plays uh, the she does the voice of Nimona. Uh, Riz Ahmed is Ballister. Beck Bennett in here is Sir mm-hmm. Thawd. But he was he was a good addition. Add add some uh, some more comedic relief in there. Eugene Eugene Lee Yang as Ambrosius. So yeah, good voice cast. Uh, liked that. Everything, yeah, pretty much across the board. Just enjoyed this movie. Just enjoyed it. Disney, Disney fucked up. They had it. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like they're they're getting toppled off of their their pedestal here. Between like Pixar being kind of mid and like all the pretty much all the Marvel stuff, I feel like is people are getting tired of. Mm-hmm. It's just too much, man. And like those Star Wars, all those Star Wars shows and there's there's too much. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I think that we're all just overwhelmed. Like when when uh, Mandalorian came out, I was like all excited and I liked that show quite quite a bit, but I didn't even watch the latest season. Like I didn't even I didn't even watch it. And I didn't watch any of the other and like I used to be a huge Star Wars fan and it's just like I'm just worn out. I'm just worn out with yeah. all of it. And like I watched the first episode of that that there's a new show they have with with uh, Samuel L. Jackson called Secret Invasion, and I mostly watched it for for because Mendelssohn's in it, and I pretty much watch anything that he's in, and like even that was just so dreadfully average. <laughs> but Nimona, definitely worth a look if you still have Netflix. Give it, give it a look, give it a watch. Yeah, and this is this is something that I've been kind of clamoring for because I'm a sucker for any like fantasy, like medieval type stuff, mm-hmm. adventure movies, and this was this definitely scratched that itch. You should check out the Dungeons and Dragons movie now. New, I know. I am gonna. I know. I want to see that one as well. It's it is available. I think now on VOD. I don't know if it's on. You know what? I I actually just watched my I watched it with my dad, um, and it's on. I want to say MGM Plus. The fuck is MGM? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just signed up for a free trial just to watch the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, and then I just canceled it. I might have to do that then. Yeah, yeah. it was funny. My brother visited yesterday. He came over, and like the first thing out of his mouth was, "He's like, do you guys have Peacock?" <laughs> what? It's like you have Peacock. I will say that Peacock is getting some interesting things. Like they're they're they have some interesting stuff. Not enough for me to be like, yeah, I want to I want to get Peacock at this point. But like they have the Twisted Metal show that's coming out, which it, which is probably going to be horrible. But I'm still like very curious to see what they're going to do with twisted metal. Anyway, let's go ahead and give Nimona a score. Kevin, what are you going to give it out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it like a seven and a half, eight. I think 
I'm sitting at a yeah, I'm gonna like a seven and a half on this one. For sure. But definitely check check it out. Let's move on, talk about some of what I've been watching. Um not sure whose turn it is. I think it might be yours. We'll we'll start with you. All right. Let's get into it. Some Evil Dead stuff. Uh-oh. Evil Dead. So, first thing we watched was Evil Dead Rise, the newest one from this year. I rewatched that this uh, this this past week uh, with my dad. Oh, man. I wish I was in the room for that. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> uh, I'll start off by saying that I was surprised like in not a good way because i remember everyone kind of talking about this movie and hyping it up and being so excited for it and everything and just hearing nothing but genuinely good things which should have been my first like warning because usually when that happens it doesn't pay off the way that i'm expecting it to and i was thoroughly disappointed with this Mm. i did not like this movie at all really that's the only things that i the only thing I can say is that Alyssa Sutherland does give a hell of a performance being possessed and everything. I thought she was phenomenal. But I just, I don't know. It just did nothing worked for me. The one that, you know, the big scene at the end with the. Yeah. The thing that she's fighting reminded yeah. me of the, what was it, like the Royal Revenant from Elden Ring? Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. That was disgusting and wonderful. Yeah. But everything else was just a. Ugh. That's a shame. I really, I really liked Evil Dead Rise. I mean, ranking it, uh, it with the franchise, it's the lowest for me, below the the remake. Even uh, thought the remake was done better than Evil Dead Rise, but I still liked it. Yeah, it just it just didn't work for me. Mm. It just, and it also felt dated as hell. I like I couldn't believe that this was a movie from twenty twenty three. I liked it. It felt it. It did feel dated. I agree, but like to me, I kind of liked that. Just unfortunately, it didn't work for me. Should have known. Mm. Everyone was, you know, so high on it. All right. Well, that's a shame. Uh, I saw Asteroid City this week. This Shit. is obviously the new Wes Anderson. Um, this was a little disappointing for me. I, I guess my expect expectations, my hopes were were just too high for this. I think. I have certain I get I get extremely excited for Wes Anderson movies, love Wes Anderson movies. And recently, with the last like maybe three of his movies, I've had kind of the same criticism with them where I I look at them and I sort of compare them to his earlier films, you know, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, um, even Life Aquatic. And I feel like there's something that's missing. I feel like he is continues to lean so heavily into the, the quirkiness of them that it it's starting to detract from the actual characters that he's presenting. And a lot of it feels so like kind of stilted that I, it's just, there's something that is there's like an a, an emotional void in his movies for me now and i think it's really a shame like there were a lot of things that i liked about asteroid city obviously the visuals the the cinematography the set work like it's just it's gorgeous i mean 
I loved the look of this movie. It takes place in the 50s and like the mid 50s. So I love that aesthetic. Uh, everything about that was great. The score, everything about the soundtrack was incredible. The there's like stop motion in this too. Like, you know, like he, he likes to recently, I feel like he likes to kind of sprinkle in some stop motion stuff. And that's all really incredible as well. I loved it. Loved the look design everything but just the the kind of general plot i thought was a little bit lacking and same with the characters i felt like i could have used more from the characters beyond just the fact that they were quirky like this is an entire cast of like you know unique unique quirky characters a little wacky and i just i wanted a little bit more out of everything uh, regarding the script in this. So again, not horrible. Like I would still give it a light recommend, but yeah, it's, I think maybe my least favorite Wes Anderson film. Well, Hey, next movie I'm going to talk about is good. It's a good movie. That's evil dead Two. Sam Raimi, 1987. Hell Yeah. This, I'll, I'll be honest, this started off a little bit, I was like a little bit worried, because I knew going into it how you said it's essentially like a remake of the first one. So I was slightly confused, you know, it's starting, and there's only two of them, and they're going to the cabin, and he discovers the Book of the Dead, and I'm just like, well, how the fuck is this going to work? There's like <laughs> no other people. Like this, and then it was like a little bit too silly at first, and I was just like, this is like completely different. Like, I don't understand how any of this is going to work. And, uh, but man, did it win me over. It's like the perfect amount of ridiculous and comedic, but also fucking disgusting and blood geysers everywhere. And it was just so over the top that, like, I couldn't help but love it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a certain point that the ridiculousness just, like, overtakes you. And it just, like, it you succumb to it. And you're just like, I... Do whatever the fuck you want, because I'm having a blast. Yeah. You're going to send it back in time? Fucking, yeah, let's do it. This is great. You're strapping a chainsaw to your hand? Sure. Why not? I love all of this. Yeah, I, I actually like Evil Dead 2 more than the original. I, I, It's hard for me to say, because to me, they're both so different in a way. Like, oh, Evil yeah. Dead different 1 vibes. feels, you know, Evil Dead 1 feels like a one of those old school like low budget horror classics where you're you know you're utilizing your low budget and there's just so much creativity in terms of like camera work and everything and then this is just like we're just gonna make a, a mismatch of so many different genres and we're just gonna have an absolute blast with it and man does it work yeah it's it's great it is a classic so that's Evil Dead 2. Definitely recommend that if you haven't seen it. Jeez. Uh, I saw Brooklyn 45. This is on Shudder. This is the new one from uh, Ted Gagan. I-, I liked this quite a bit. It's with Anne Ramsey, Ezra Buzzington, Jeremy Holm, Larry Fessenden. It's a... Uh, this is sort of a, a, a low... Um, not low budget, but like... Uh, minimal uh, 
single single uh, location film takes place in 1945 after the Second World War, and these uh, these five military veterans gather um, in in this uh, apartment in Brooklyn over Christmas, and they have a seance and some uh some tr- some truths bubble to the surface and there's some mm. some craziness that happens during this seance and uh it's really good i i would definitely recommend it i loved the like the set design even though it's like takes place in one apartment i just love the look of it it felt very authentic um you know great great performances across the board uh, it felt very like play ish, you know, very theatrical, mm-hmm. which I think was it kind of sort of lended itself to the the era uh, in which it takes place. And uh, yeah, really solid. There's not a lot of like special effects work in here, but when it when it does show up, it's quite good. Um, I, I liked the effects work a lot. It felt very kind of like classic. Like poltergeist desk, which I liked. So uh yeah, I give it a recommend. Check it out. Brooklyn forty five. It's on Shutter. Nice. Uh I watched The Pink Cloud from twenty twenty one. This is on Amazon Prime. And this movie kind of starts out with a disclaimer, letting you know that it was it was filmed before the pandemic. Or at least written. I can't remember what the exact disclaimer reads. But it's almost as though they're trying to say, like, hey, this happened before the pandemic. That's not necessarily what we're talking about here. Because mm-hmm. it feels like everything that happens in this movie, it feels like it's a metaphor for, you know, climate change. But since so much of it is like people being quarantined together and they're not allowed to leave their house. Of course, I think, you know, with it coming out at that point, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is about the pandemic. But right. I mean, it's about pink clouds that come and they're toxic and they kill you. So you can't go outside. Like, with at least with the pandemic, we could go outside. Right. So pretty sure this is a, a climate change thing. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot more sense. So these, uh, Giovanna and Iago, they, they meet at a party. They kind of have like a one-night stand. They wake up in the morning, deadly clouds. He gets stuck at her house, and they're like, oh, you know, a couple of days will pass, and we'll be able to leave. And then next thing you know, years and years and years later, they're forced, you know, to essentially share this household together. Which, surprisingly, this, because I, I had a strong feeling that at some point, because of the restrictions that you're putting on this narrative, that, man, this is going to get boring quick. And it does at points. It does drag a little bit here and there. But I think overall did a really good job of kind of going through a relationship that's kind of stuck. You know, like there's nowhere to go. You're stuck in a house. When things aren't working out, you have to figure stuff out. And then, you know, changes that are made and everything. I thought it was just, it was very interesting. I, I enjoyed it. I think To me, it's like a light recommend. Like not everything worked for me. And also just kind of that narrative to begin with mm-hmm. i'm like eh, i don't i'm not that interested in it because we kind of lived it 
Yeah. So I don't want to relive it. Naturally. Cool. Well, that's the pink cloud. Uh, I saw young Sherlock Holmes from 1985, directed by Barry Levinson. I never saw this movie. I, I think that this was like a big kids movie. I, I when when we were young, I guess, but I never saw it as a kid. So I don't know. But I was always aware of this movie, but it never looked very interesting to me. It looked very brown. Like I would describe it as brown and it looked very boring and British to me. So I was like, never really into it. I just thought of like those, um, like, like TV British kids, TV shows where they're just like, so dry Mm -hmm. and just not very interesting. But I gave it a look anyway. It's on Amazon Prime. And uh, this is not dry at all. It's really fun, actually. So it is about Sherlock Holmes when he's like, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that, maybe 16. And he's in a a, a boy's boarding school. And uh, Dr. Watson, or at the time... John Watson, uh, what he's like a new, the new kid and, and Sherlock brings him in and they become friends and turns out that there's a, uh, a killer on the loose. And the way that he kills people is he shoots them with a dart and it causes them to have these like horrific hallucinations and they end up killing themselves basically yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay. Jesus yeah. This is this is something. And I will say, like, the scenes when they were having the hallucinations were awesome. Now, like, I knew that this was the first movie that used CG in it, and um, but I ne- I never knew the context. And the the context was during one of these like hallucinations when the guy gets killed. Um, and uh it's, yeah so all of the those scenes were great it's uh it's pretty solid i it, it's an amblin film so it does have that kind of amblin charm to it and uh yeah i would i would give it a recommend if you haven't seen it yet young sherlock holmes interesting unbelievable i have not watched anything else all right the last one that i'll quickly mention is continental divide this is from 1981 it's directed by uh michael apted uh it's uh this is a rom-com with john belushi and blair brown i um this is an amblin film too actually i'm i'm kind of trying to go through the amblin filmography and like find stuff that I haven't seen and, and kind of check it out. And uh, yeah, this is okay. It's, it's your pretty average rom-com. Um, it's an interesting role for John Belushi in that it's like way more kind of understated and just straight laced than what I'm used to seeing him in. You know, like typically you, you're used to like seeing him in his like Animal House type characters or Blues Brothers where they where he's like a little bit, he's a little wild, a little wild and wacky. But mm-hmm. 
this, he's just, he's a uh, Chicago journalist who's like bringing down these corrupt politicians and stuff. And he gets assigned this, uh, he gets put on, after his life is threatened, he gets put on an assignment out in the, in the Rocky mountains where he has to follow around this, uh, this, this woman who is researching bald eagles and in the two weeks that he spends with her, they, they fall in love and uh, s- strike up an unlikely romance. Uh, knew it. And uh, it's, yeah, the, it's pretty average. Like, it's fine. It's entertaining. It's nice. But nothing special here. So, I don't know. I guess. No, I, I can't really recommend it. He's bad. He's like, hold up. No. It's, yeah, like, it's fine, but there's just nothing to it, really. Like, like yeah. Belushi's good in it, but his character's pretty just, like, normal, so it's not like it's, you know, his best performance or anything. It's just a regular dude in it. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Uh, got Joyride. We got Earth Mama. I'm pretty excited for Earth Mama. Not excited, but I want to see it. Like excited is not the quite right to quite the right word for that movie, but uh Insidious the Red Door. Oh, not the Red Door. Yeah, you gotta watch out for it. Oh. Watch out for that red door. Fuck. It means doom, you know? Like that. Oh, it's that red... not good things. Yeah. Uh that's pretty much it for theaters. VOD this week. Let's take a look. We got Biosphere coming out. That's uh, with Sterling K. Brown and um, uh, Mark Duplass. I'm kind of interested in this one. It's like a f- supposed to be like a feel good comedy. Yeah. Uh, Dead Dead Man's Hand, which is a western. That's pretty much it. That's it. Pretty much. We got uh, on Netflix. Uh, back to 15 no, wait, that's a series it looks like so we got Wham coming out on July 5th I guess that's a documentary about Wham All right. a little rock doc action about Wham rock. we got Gold Brick coming out on the 6th and then on the 7th we got The Outlaws which looks like an action comedy Mm-hmm. It's like the in-laws, but it's the outlaws. The outlaws. So it's like a double entendre, you know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. Yeah. Blu-ray this week. We got The Truman Show coming out in 4K. Got Jaws. Jaws 2 coming out. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Upgrade coming out in 4K. Fighting Back from 1982 coming out on Arrow. Looks like Mission the Mission Impossible movies are getting another release. Okay. Face Off from 1997. Yeah. I heard they're they're remaking that. Did that? I don't know if that's still happening. Oh, we getting a Face Off remake? Yeah, I think so. Uh, not that we need that. No, that's terrible. 
That's pretty much it. Uh, I think the the holiday weekend or the holiday week rather is like kind of messing with the the Blu-ray schedule. So I'm assuming oh, yeah. I'm assuming there's no Criterion's. There's no Criterion's. Uh, you know we can't we can't fuck around with July Fourth. Yeah, yeah. That's what I suspected. All right, cool. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. For Kevin Rakeshaw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Bye.